All right, Sister Lauren, heal this boy on up. Amen. We thank God for the woman of God coming with the word of God. Let's get behind her now as she comes and ministers the word of God. Somebody say, preach the word, Sister Jones, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. We give honor to God. Maybe be seated. We do give honor to God for being here this morning, being back home. Amen. Agape will always be home for me. Amen. I was struggling trying to get back to Alabama. And the Lord woke me up one morning and he said, I always said, you know, I came to Alabama because I married Michael Ray Bender. I mean, ooh, Jesus, forgive me. Michael Ray Jones. I'm thinking about Elder Bender because that's where uh, the Joneses are going to be uh, introduced to. And uh, he said, no, you didn't come to Alabama. You were brought to Alabama. That means this is where you're supposed to be. And so I said, all right, if this is where I'm supposed to be, then I'm going to make myself content to be here and move my home from Alabama to Indianapolis. And so since I was brought here, then this is home and I'm visiting someplace else. Amen. So I will always be able to come back home. I give honor to God, to your pastor, to our bishop in his absence. I'm, I'm struggling with what the Lord wants. I know what I want. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I yell, I'm Osha. Hey, hi, yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> But I feel the presence of the Lord. And I want to do his will and not mine. <clears throat> so we're going to start off, and I'm going to start off, and then he can do what he want to do. Uh, but I'm going to go, we're going to start at um, 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter and the 19th verse. You may be down. Y'all can sit down. And feel like God has somehow forgotten that you are faced with circumstances you can't get through. Right now it seems that there's no way out and you're going under. But God's proven time and time again, he'll take care 
he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and remember where you've been. Hasn't he always come through for you? He's the same now as then. Well, you may not know how and you may not know when he'll do it again. He'll do do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and remember where you've been. Has it always come through for you? He's the same now as then. Well, you may not know how, you may not know when, you may not know how, you may not know when, you may not know how, and you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Oh yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we live lives and we struggle and wonder, will God help me? Does he know what I'm going through? Does he care? I belong to you, Lord. How can you not know and not help me? What have I done wrong? What do I need to do? But all you have to do is just believe and wait on the Lord and be of good courage because he will do what he said he would do. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Let's read that again. What? That's a question. Know ye not that your body, your body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Read it with me. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Do it again. What? Now read it like you believe it. 
right. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now. We ask you, Lord, for your blessings today to word our mouths. Hallelujah. That the words that we speak come from you and not from us. We ask you, Lord, to let me be an instrument for your use and for your glory. These blessings I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> when we're reading this scripture, we understand that God no longer abides in a temple made of hands, but he abides in the temples and the bodies that he made and he created. When we're reading in scripture and the Bible, it introduces us to God. It gives us details about him. It informs us about his power and his authority. It tells us about his unlimited knowledge. It tells us about his ability to be in all places at all times. It tells us that we have no hiding place. That he knows our thoughts and the intent of our hearts. God in the word, in the scriptures, reveals his mind, his will for us. It reveals his thoughts about us, his desires for us. And that when we're reading, we find out what an awesome and a powerful God we have. The only way we can know that is when we pick up the Bible or the Word and begin to read it, to study it, to find out who this God is that I'm depending on, to know that the things that I hear about him are in the scriptures and that they are written by the inspiration of God. That it is of no private interpretation, but it has been given directly from the mouth and the thoughts of God. In the Old Testament, <clears throat> we find that the desire of God from the beginning was that he could commune with his creatures. And when we're reading, we find that in the garden, uh, when God created Adam, and I always go back to, to Genesis. I'm sorry, I had to bring y'all with me when I go back. But when he created man, he created him because he wanted a companion. He wanted somebody that he could talk to. Somebody that he could fellowship with. Somebody who wanted to be in his presence. He had already created beings that flew around and said, holy, holy, holy. He had the ones that praised him because they were created to praise him. And they praised him because that was what they are supposed to do. But God wanted somebody that would talk to him that would love him, that would want to be in his presence. 
that longed for the fellowship of the eternal God. And in scripture it said, uh, uh, Adam heard the voice of God walking in the garden. And we know that God is a spirit. And so he communicated verbally with Adam and he talked to him, taught him things, gave him understanding and wisdom and knowledge. And his desire was that this is my friend. This is the one who loves me. But uh, you know how we do as humans. We love you for a while. We love you when it's convenient. We love you when we want something. We love you when there's no, you know, test for me. I can love you and be, be your friend. But there was a temptation that took Adam's mind off of God. And it, because of what he wanted, he was willing to give God up. But the Lord said, no, I can't let you go. I can't let you go. I can't let you go. I want you. And when God wants something has made provisions for that, that he said, you belong to me. And I will not allow you to be lost. So he made a way that he could come down and fellowship with man. He said, look, I want you to build me a tabernacle. And I want you to build it on the same pattern as in heaven because I need a home away from home. I need a place where I can come and sit in the midst of my creation. Yeah, some place where I can be close to them. Some place where they can learn about me and discover that I am their God. I want them to get to the place where they will come to me and so he said, look, fix me a seat. I need a throne to sit on when I come into my tabernacle. When I get to my second home, I need a seat. And so they created what we call the Ark of the Covenant. And on that, there were two cherubs and their wings met in the middle. And God sat between the cherubs, one representing the Old Testament, one representing the New Testament, and God sitting in the mercy seat. And I, as God, have made the law, and now I'm going to fulfill the law. So when man got to the place where they were so evil and so corrupt, he said, look, I need to set some people aside. I want some priests. And so I want them to be dressed a certain way. I want them to be anointed. I want them to be covered from head to toe. And I want them fixed up so they can come into my presence. And so he said, look, I need you to be washed. So they set the basin there. 
so that when they got ready to come before God, they could be washed. And then he said, I want you to put on the inside, I need you to put a table of shoe bread. And I want them to understand that this is life. I'm giving this for life. And the shoe bread represented his word, that he is life. And then he said, look, and I need you to put in the, the altar of incense. And I need you to keep it lit because that's the prayers. That's the, the rejoicing. That's what's going to cover. And he said, keep it going. I want the smoke to fill the place. I need praises to fill the place where I'm going to be sitting because I need you to know that God is in the midst. So there has to be praise. There has to be prayer. And I need all of this to remind me of my mercy, to remind me of my grace, to remind me of my promises. And then when you come in, I need you to have the, the sound of praise. So I need you to put on the borders the things that will make noise. I want them to clap as they come in. And I want you to dance before me when you bring me my offerings and my incense. I want to know that there's a sound of praise coming from you. So then he said, okay, when you come behind the where I am, I need you to come with everything that I have required. Otherwise, you can't come into my presence. So then God said, look, when the fullness of time had come, he got up off of his mercy seat, uh, came down from glory, inhabited the body he had preserved previously said he would have. Mary birthed the, the, the physical body that God had decided he was going to inhabit. When he got up from his mercy seat, he stepped into his priesthood. Now I'm going to become your priest, your high priest. And when he did that, he said, now I know what the law says. And since we're still under the law, I'm going to obey the law. I'm going to go first. I have to wash. So he walked over to Jordan. And he allowed himself to be baptized. Because the law said the priest had to first be washed. So he went and he got washed. But the law also said that he had to be anointed. And so when he came up out of the water, the dove descended from heaven and lighted upon him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I am had inhabited the body and I am had spoken from the beginning that when the body comes up out of the water I will anoint him and I will declare who he is. 
So once he had become the priest, he had to next step become the sacrifice. Because there had to be a sin offering before the priest could enter into the presence of God. So when he began to teach and to preach and to tell men what they had to do, I'm telling you this as your priest because my job is to instruct you. My job is to teach you. My job is to let you know what you have to do. And so God went about healing, delivering, showing his power, telling the, the elements, peace, be still. Everything he did, let them know who he was. But then he had to go a step further. And as the sacrifice, he had to permit the men, permit society, permit his creation to declare that he should die. But before he died, God said that when you choose your sacrifice in the Old Testament, it had to be declared that it was perfect. That there were no flaws. That it wasn't deformed in any way. That everything about it was good. And so when he was brought before Pilate, he said, I find no fault in him. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Why do you want to kill him? I find no fault in him. So at that point, the sacrifice was declared worthy to be offered. And so he said, all right. So then they took him and they beat him. They scourged him. They stuck piercing in his head, crowns of thorns. They put nails in his hands and in his feet. And they hung him up. And they hung him up because the lamb had to be bled. He had to have blood flowing. And so he had to be beat. He had to have the sword thrown into his side. He had to have the blood running from his head because blood had to be shed. And in that cross, on that cross, he became the sacrifice for our sins. And because he became the sacrifice for our sins, we were able to be saved. He got off the cross. He wasn't through. Went into the grave and declared to all those who had loved him, honored him, obeyed him, did his will, I have not forsaken you. I have not forgotten you. Come with me. And he delivered them from death. Not the death we think about but the eternal death. He freed them from the curse of death. Then 
then he said, I got to go one more place. I got to make one more stop. He came up out of the grave. <laughs> Declaring all power. In heaven and in earth. Is given unto me. And then he ascended as the sacrifice, as the priest, back into heaven, presented himself in the throne room, and then took himself and sat down on the throne and resumed his position as God, receiving the sacrifice. So he had done all that was required, that had been written, and he had kept his promise that he would redeem us from sin. Well, that's all well and good. But now, what do we have to do? He said his temple, what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? In other words, I'm not living in a tent anymore. I'm living in you. And he also said in 1 Peter 1 and 2, 1 Peter 2 and 9, ye are chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So now, if I am part of the priesthood, God's word has not changed. And so, when he came, we, they used to say all the time, oh, you know, when Jesus came, he was our example of what we have to do. And I used to say, mm, okay, <clears throat> I accept that. I understand that when they say he was an example, that we are now a kingdom of priests. We are called out. We have been chosen. And the scripture said we are a royal priesthood. So in order to become a part of the royal priesthood, the first thing I have to do is be washed. It's not a if you want to. But the first thing is required after I'm called, and he's called us, is that I have to be washed. And the only way we can be washed is by baptism. And so we have to submit to the baptism. And we're told how that baptism has to happen. That it has to be in Jesus' name. It's, that's what's required if I'm going to be in the priesthood. If I'm going to be able to go into the presence of God, I first have to follow the laws of God. And so when I receive the baptism, 
when I come up out of the water, I have to be anointed. And that anointing has to be the Spirit of God resting upon us. Not just resting on us, but he said what I, he dwells in us. So he has to take over my body. I have to submit and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then once I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, me as a priest, I have to be found doing his will. I have to live for him. I have to be able to offer him sacrifice. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. I don't have to die. I just have to sacrifice my body, which means what? It's no longer mine. It belongs to God. It's no longer my thoughts. It's his thoughts. It's no longer my feet going where I want them to go, but they go where God wants me to go. It's no longer my thoughts and what I feel about you. How does God feel about you? And because God loves you, I have to love you. Because I am no longer my own. I belong to God. I have to get rid of all of the things. The, I have to partake of the shoe bread. That is the word of God. And you know, they had to renew it. They couldn't just let it lay there. But they had to go in periodically and renew it, refresh it. That means what? I can't take my Bible and sit it in a corner and let it sit there. But I have to open it. Because in there is what's going to help my soul to live. If I don't eat the bread, if I don't eat the word, then I will die. I will die. So why is it that we don't want to read the word? I asked the Lord that one day, why is it so hard to pick up that Bible and read? Why is it such a chore? Why is it that I look at it and I say, okay, I'm going to read, and I read a couple verses, and I'm through. I, I, you know, and I, I get distracted because it's something else that's more important. And, and, but you know what it is? It's because when I begin to read, my soul is happy, but my flesh is angry. Because as I read, I'm condemning my flesh. And I'm letting it know that you're ungodly. My spirit and my soul is enjoying it. But you know, have you ever heard people say, you know, it's a, uh, what is it when you eat something and you don't like, acquired taste. And that's the scriptures. Because your flesh don't want it. If you eat it long enough, it becomes an acquired taste. After a while, it gets to tasting good. You get to enjoying it. But first, you got to make yourself eat it so that my soul can live. And so now we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if we intend to be in the presence of God, we have to get rid of the noise, the noise of our flesh. Our eyes have to 
quit watching everything. We have to quit appealing to the flesh appetite. We have to learn that I cannot, uh, uh, my, my likes have to change. I have to be aware of the people around me. I have to watch even family, the things that they're indulged in. Yes, you're my family, but I can't participate. I love you, but I got to sit you to the side because I can't do that. <laughs> I have to learn how to discern right and wrong. It doesn't matter if it looks good. Is it wrong? It doesn't matter if it doesn't look wrong. Is it wrong? Is it going to affect me? Is it going to keep me from being able to get into the presence of God? I now have to make sure that my temple, that God's temple, is holy because he will not dwell in an unclean temple. And you can think it all you want, but he will not dwell in an unclean temple. If you are not willing to clean up and stay cleaned up, then God is not willing to abide with you. There are things that we have to do, but the only way you're going to know, you got to pick up the word and you got to read it. You have to listen to the teaching. You have to get an understanding. The scripture says, in all thy getting, get understanding. Ask questions. No matter, ask questions. Ask pastor questions. People afraid to ask. If I don't understand it, I ask. And then I ask, and you get mad at me because I'm going to ask you again because I do not understand. I want understand. When I was a kid, my mama, bless her heart, I love her, oh God. She has something on her hand with me. I would ask a question, and she said, because I said so. And don't say no more about it. And I said, but mom... I just want to get, and she said, I said, don't say nothing else. Just do what I say. And I said, but I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get, it. bang, I'm on the floor. <laughs> I said, don't say anything else. And I'm in the floor, but my, all I want to do is ask a question. Snatched up off the floor, face to face, girl, did you hear what I see? Don't say nothing else. I just want to know what's going on. <laughs> I just need to know, mama, which, and she, get in the room, get in the room, I'm going to get, I just had to have understanding. Because if you don't have understanding, you can't be compliant. God will not allow you to be ignorant. But you have to seek, ask, look, hear, and get an understanding. There's nothing wrong with that. If you need help, ask for it. If you want somebody, ask for it. Ask God to give you understanding. If, you don't, if they tell you to do something and you don't agree and you don't understand, then you need to find out why and get understanding. 
Because it's not that we want to hurt you. It's not that we want to make you, you know, so you different than everybody else. But it's because we know what's good for you. Old folks have been there, done that. You're coming along where we've already been. You're experiencing what we've already experienced. So it's good to ask questions, and then it's good to listen. And if somebody said, because I said so, go find somebody else. <laughs> don't, don't get beat up. Go find somebody else who can answer your questions. But God is a God of love. He has his word, and all we have to do is find out what his word says. And once we find out, we need to walk in it. And we need to enjoy salvation. Because one day when he comes back, oh Lord, and calls us, hallelujah, that spirit in you will snatch you up out of here so fast. It's a before, quicker than the twinkling of an eye. You, before you can blink your eyes, we will be gone. And we will be with our God in glory. Able to experience what, say, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard the things that God has for his people. And don't you want to be there? Don't you want to experience? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to be able to look at him and actually see him? Look at him and say thank you and praise him and not get tired. Lord, have mercy. When I can praise the Lord and not be stopped to breathe somewhere, ooh-wee, I'm going to have myself a good time. When this body will praise God without ending and just give him glory and give him thanks and give him praise and say, Lord, I love you. Thank you. Oh, you're so good to me. And have him listen and I can go over and touch it. Oy, hallelujah. I don't just have to feel his presence, but I can actually lay hands on my God. Hallelujah. And give him glory and give him praise and say, thank you. I love you. Be blessed. Amen. Beautiful word. Amen. Thank God for the word of the Lord. I'm going to give God praise for the word. Are you washed? In the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood of the Lamb. Well, all your garments, spotless are they white as snow. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Well, are you washed in the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood? Of the land. Hold on, I just want to hear them for a minute. Are your garments spotless? Are you white as snow? Come on, where the hand clappers at? Well, are you washed in the blood? In the soul, cleansing blood of the land. I don't want no praise team. I want to hear the Congress. Hold on, praise team. Are they? Come on, put your hands on it. Well, are you washed in the blood, 
in the soul, cleansing blood of the land. Come on, somebody. Well, are your Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on, just put your hands on it just for a minute. Come on, let me hear the hand claps. Oh, no, be quiet. I just want to hear those hand claps. That sounds like a church. How many have shown up been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on, let me hear all y'all that have been washed in the blood. Just clap. Quit hiding behind the musicians and the praise team. Anybody glad to have your sins washed away? Let me hear from those that have been down in Jesus' name. One more time. Come on, saints. Well, are you washed in the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood of the land? Come on, y'all can come in. Well, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb. One more time. Oh, you washed in the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood of the Lamb. Well, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on, put your hands together. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God you can have your sins washed away today, my God. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Come on, help me. What can wash away my sins? What can wash away my sins? Come on, saints. I hear a few of y'all out there. What can make me? What can make me? Oh, Lord.